and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. Today, we are talking about the season finale of Lovecraft Country. We have finally arrived, y'all. Episode title, Full Circle, and Ain't That the Gospel. Uh, We are here with our third host, Crystal Marie Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you've seen the last of me, you were wrong. <laughs> you, the audience, Trent and Sheree knew I was going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get down into this finale because it was a roller coaster ride from everything, from beginning to end. They, <laughs> they start at a 10, they end at a 10, they stay at 10 for like 98% of the episode. <laughs> I was going to say, if else, I feel like if someone else had made it, I would have been like, this is a lot. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel like. The thing I liked about Misha Green's storytelling, I don't know a lot about it. I was introduced to her through this show. But the thing I liked about it is she manages to be extra as fuck, but I never feel like, I always know where she's coming from. It does, it's still a lot, but I'm never like, that was too much, girl. Like, I'm willing to go along with you. It's a lot. Sometimes I'm tired, but like, it doesn't feel like there's too much for the time that she gives you to digest. Uh, Misha and Journey were both on the, they were guests on the pod, the official Lovecraft podcast for this last episode. Um, and one of the things that Misha said that I really was like, that's true. I've witnessed this during this show is she says that nothing is sacred. She will fuck with anything and everything and nothing is sacred to Misha because she wants to play with people's perceptions of reality and like, is that real? Like, is that something that's really sacred or are we just like, putting I, you know I don't know it was crazy but I was like but that is also, you it's fun to watch a black woman do that because I feel like why do do that shit all the time like JJ Abrams blew up the Vulcan planet <laughs> and I was like what are you doing man I like that she has given herself the freedom mm-hmm. to fuck around with people and concepts and constructs because like it's only a recent development that we have been able to do that sadly so even though Very sometimes recent. i don't agree with what she'd be doing i'm like you go girl you do shot do <laughs> right do i just want d and her mother to float around in different galaxies and timelines having those adventures especially this new bionic arm and this new attitude and i will choke a bitch that's what i want for 2021 okay bring me oh, that yeah. I'm here for a Letty Gia season where they become the new George and Montrose. Also down. Because that, that parallel was made very clear from the very get-go that this was the new, like, family kind of thing, which I love. Sure. We're all scary as fuck. Like, that's a pop. That's an upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, none of us will go to therapy right? to we are all ready to kill you hoes. Like, that is an upgrade. I feel like thing with this show HBO is just telling me bitch we got you because I feel like this happened with Watchmen this happened with his dark materials I would always get to the halfway point and be like how are y'all gonna what is this finale gonna be because like Game of Thrones y'all got <laughs> wild and so I'm just not sure and I feel like every time they're like girl we're gonna wrap this shit up and they do so I'm gonna stop giving them so much shit at the halfway point 
because I'm now she wrapped that shit up pretty pretty well. There were hella plot lines of which I forgot. I forgot about my girl G. I forgot about her. Yeah, she was gone. I did not. I was waiting for them to bring her back. I was like, "Gonna be your tentacle sister to help you fight this shit." And I was concerned because I was like, "What if she's just a regular lady? We don't need a regular lady." We need somebody who's here to fuck people up. Right. I and know that was traumatic for you, sis, but welcome to America. We need <laughs> you to fuck some people up. And, and last, so I, you know, last time we saw her, we were questioning is she still the demon or whatever, but that was answered. <laughs> good. Who needs men anyway? Right. I had always known. I was like, you don't just let that power go. You don't just let the power go. Who takes that up? I was just going to okay. say, since we're kind of talking about plot points, let's get into fair, it. Fair. So, this episode starts at a 10, like I said. They're bringing D. She's still um, turning into those uh, dancing children. The, the, the actors weren't children, but the characters were. Uh, from last episode? Yes. Last, no, episode before last. Who episodes ago? Yeah. It's what was she doing the whole time in the last one? That one Unconscious, one. which is why her mother was like, we got to save my daughter because y'all done fucked up. Right. So, like, they finally get this book of... Um, oh shit, the book of names. names. They get the book of names back, and then of course, Tick and Letty fall out on the floor because they always had to have the attention. And so they all turn to them fools because they are time traveling in their dreams and subconsciouses, talking to his ancestors. And right. we find out the hotel loves his mother, as a good hotel does. <laughs> I, I did really enjoy this section, it's not necessarily for Tick. But I like that we got this to actually hear from Hannah because we haven't we've seen her, but we haven't actually like heard her voice, heard her story, and a lot of the imagery that she was giving me was just amazing. Like the fact that the flames followed her after she left, the fact that she ended up killing herself—that was news. Um, but then she said she realized the flames were her rage manifested. And so that she could control it. And that I, I loved the idea that Tick's and even if I have problems with Tick, that his ancestors mm. were guiding them and helping them in this moment. I thought that was really beautiful. He needed to take accountability for some. And yeah. I was glad that he decided to do that. I think that there's a reason we only see the ancestors who are women because we've met Montrose and Tick and they're trash. So we know Uncle George is an anomaly. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. Um, but also, this was like the third or fourth time these flames bothered me. I didn't notice the flames so much towards the top of the season because there was a lot of trauma. But these last few episodes, I'm just like, well, who is doing your CGI and why are they mad at you? Are you not well, paying the price? The is that they had real flames, but then they burnt Journey the fuck up. <laughs> so they had to be like, turn Did you read that? No. no, she got burnt. Okay, so in the scene in the last episode where she's holding that book and the flames, Journey was literally getting burned by flames, but she finished the take and then Misha made her go to the hospital. Misha was like, bitch, oh, please go to the hospital. It's like, Journey, all that. Journey's like, you know that I am not literally vulnerable, <laughs> right? I, I can be burnt, <laughs> please. And so I think they had to tone those flames. So some of that charade is I think they had some real flames, but then they realized Journey was just going to let herself burn up and not tell anybody. <laughs> so they were like, no more flames. 
throw some CGI in that bitch. But you're right, they did not look good. Yeah. I feel yeah. like maybe they spent all their budget on wigs, which is fair. But not for the white people, as we've established. <laughs> well, but I, and for me, the flames kind of, I mean, they, they did not look great, but they looked weird enough to make me feel like this isn't reality. Like we're not literally back in 1921 in the house that's burning. This is a different um, otherworldly idea. These are like metaphorical flames. Yeah. Right. Like the last two episodes, I would say, and it makes me sad because Journey was definitely burned in this last one. But the last two episodes, I'm like, your flames ain't looking right. What happened? Didn't we roll in with a budget? What happened? What happened? And so maybe perhaps that scene was filmed earlier in the last one and they were like turn all these fires off <laughs> we got a rebudget right. when we went to see his mommy i was like y'all like if this is what we're and if it hadn't been mish i would have been like i need to wait for trent to watch this <laughs> trent is our screener <laughs> for these because i was like if this is gonna be some of this my mommy apologizes to me for making me age shit as an adult i if this was gonna be baby boy read the readups <laughs> i needed to bounce like i don't want to see jody anymore and then i watched it and i was like no we're holding bitches accountable that's okay i can this is good i'm glad hannah got to talk i'm glad mama got to talk and she wasn't just like because that happens a lot. I feel like in, in shows in general, like the father is the one we avenge and the mom is just like somebody we talk about sometimes. So I liked that she had like her own agency and we didn't just talk about her while we were being homophobic. <laughs> we got to, she got yeah. to be like, bitch, stop being so homophobic to your daddy. Like, it's yeah. fine. I, I, and I, we needed that. We needed that. Cause like some of my friends have been pointing out that Misha takes care of black women in this series, but like not so much the gay, lesbian, non-binary trans friends, um, which is why it's very triggering to watch. Uh, and so it's just like another, it's like another issue with why is feminism not ever inclusive enough, but also everything on TV is harming people. So I don't want to specifically come for Misha. And so it's a weird dance for me well, the thing I like about Misha, though, is that she acknowledges my experience is not universal. I probably should have handled that better. Because, like, she even responded on Twitter when people were dragging her. And she was like, listen, y'all have a point. Yeah. I tried to do too much. I should have given the storyline more attention. I really wanted to include it. But now I realize I probably did not attend to it as well as I should have. I now know better for the future. Which yeah. is the other reason why I just want more women to be in charge of things. Because I feel like most yes. of the time when it's not white ladies, sorry, white ladies. Um, when it's black ladies or other brown ladies, if you're like, this was triggering for me, they'll usually be like, oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do better. Mm -hmm. Whereas like yeah. some white dude, like David Mamet won't even let people have oh, talkbacks of his plays. Let's <laughs> not, like, I can't even put that <laughs> I'll be on it for three hours. Um, but uh, yeah, just to clarify for the listeners that when uh, Misha, responded back and was very it was very like acknowledged that the storyline was not handled correctly she could have done better that was about Yuhima's death that's part of the thing where maybe in her writer's room she just needs more queer people because that's something that a queer yes. person in the writer's room would have because we're always saying like especially in tv when it's always a writer's room it's never just one person unless you're Tyler Perry, which is another conversation we won't have today. Um, oh. <laughs> because the point of a writer's room that's so great is you can make sure that 
you have lots of representation in the room because even if you're a black woman telling a black woman's story if you're not a queer black woman there are going to be aspects of it that you are knowledgeable and that's fine that's why you hire someone else and so i'm hoping that people take that into consideration is like maybe you should just make sure that there is at least somebody in the writer's room of every group that's represented yeah yes hundred uh, percent and uh well just to bring us back to the show the episode uh the one thing that dora said that i really loved is that she didn't have a choice in it was about at one point taking her talking about fate and like because he knows he's gonna die um and she's and he's like i don't want to die and she's like well sometimes we don't have a choice i didn't have a choice to to love montrose and george or to, to, to create that family. Um, and they were, she said, they were both parts of my soul, which was just a beautiful moment of a different idea of what family can be. That's what I, you know, and I don't wanna go too far down this rabbit hole that we could spend another three hours talking about, but like in television- It's definitely a theme though. It is, yeah, right. And in and, and television when, so let's say like, a, a man and a woman have a child and then the man wants to and then but they're not together then the man starts dating someone then there's that weirdness it doesn't have to be weird or the woman whatever blended families or i don't know if that's the correct term but like families that aren't nuclear man woman child are just as positive and reaffirming as by as uh, uh, nuclear families can be, really? they can also be as toxic as they can be. It's what you know. It's all about the people, <laughs> as we see in this show. But yeah, I I just really like that theme that family is what you make of it, because especially as queer people, you kind of have to create your own family because very more than uh, more often than not you're either not accepted at all in your family or they just don't get it. <laughs> you know, or they like, don't understand. They're not listening. Or like that biology doesn't mean that people are going to inherently like understand where you're coming from or treat you well. Cause like there's this whole thing where like Atticus is technically a part of multiple families <laughs> and there's toxicity mm. in all those homes. <laughs> and so I just feel like that was something that I liked that the show did that. It, that's why also another reason it reminded me so much of a superhero origin story because I think so many superhero origin stories are about losing part of your biological family and then making a new family with people that you choose. Right. Which is why so many queer people love books. Um, and so that's something that I felt a lot in this story with the out the outside influences being like misogyny and you know racism but also magic <laughs> so i kind of <laughs> like that too that like so much of it was about rediscovering our biological ancestral lineage while also realizing that it wasn't necessarily more important than like family that we chose it was like a big theme of this which i think is why it didn't feel like a super downer to me of the finale i've seen some people saying that um i thought it was kind of hopeful as hopeful they're, as we're gonna get right they're probably taking <laughs> They're probably Tick fans. Which who are you, Tick fans? So many Tick fans. Who so many you? people. These people have, must have never dated anyone. Right. I, and I, and anybody, I, 
I want to preface when I say Tick fans. I mean the character, not the actor. I'm a fan of the actor. Jonathan Majors is delightful. He's brilliantly talented. Praise work. I'm glad his character died so he could play likable characters so people don't have to marry anybody else. Anybody Anybody else. else. So then the really the interesting part about this section too to me was that Tick in this is kind of dealing with emotional trauma while Letty is there getting the work done. She is studying and uh, great grandmama is there to help her along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they get back into the real world and Tick and Montrose pick up the fights like they do while Letty continues to do all the work. And I'm just like, are y'all ever gonna help her? Are you ever going to help her? So, but in this dream world, they do, they, so they heal Dee, um, but somehow her arm is still fucked up. Um, and then we start getting ready to go to Artem um, because now they know, no. now they know the plan. They know the plan about what Hannah had set forth years ago um, and how to do it. So we're, we're about to go to the Avengers Infinity War portion. Of this <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> we have to say a lot of goodbyes cry about our past a lot is gonna happen so Sheree you're right Letty's doing 95.9 percent of the work <laughs> she's reading books she's fighting people and they still having the same arguments they've been having since he pulled him out of that weird racist house in episode two um my question is when Tick and Letty were getting into the car what was going on under that trap door because they were like, oh, it's the Hounds of Hell, normal. Was it the Monster Monster or was it something else? I, I, was it our friend monster? I think it was the, the friend monster. I, I think that now. But I didn't <laughs> at the time. I was confused. Because also, yeah, we never saw that monster go away. So I was no. like, does this monster, like, do we bury it? And then it comes out. Like, is it a regular dog? Like, I just was concerned. This episode clarified stuff for me that I didn't even, I had questions I didn't even know I had until I saw that dog. And I was like, oh, yeah, I did wonder where the fuck that dog goes when it's not fucking people up. Like, do we right? play fetch with it? I guess it lives in the basement. <laughs> so, and yes, I I did, I loved the scene. Again, one of the more, most, um, one of the more well-written, so it's all well-written, but like one of the more powerful scenes between was between Ruby and Letty. They always be giving us some great material for those two. Um, in the graveyard, they're at their mother's funeral, or at their, not the funeral, but their mother's uh, tombstone, and Letty lets it out that she didn't come to the funeral because she was in jail. But she was also relieved because her, she says that her mother was not what family should be. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought that was really powerful. And I love that Ruby did not let her off. Like it wasn't a complete, we're perfect now. It was, we've still got fucking issues, you know. I do want to backtrack because Tick goes to see um, Gia just because he needs her. And so now he can apologize and now he can talk to her about like how they're close and how they're friends because he has a plan he needs her for it, which is some more hotel bullshit. Here's the thing is I feel like the reason why I knew Tick was not going to make it out of this episode and I was fine with that is that there are people in the story who are actively working to try to get better. 
for better and for worse, Montrose ain't shit. But he does try, I think. And he has, he's older. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you should have even harder time trying to change and be different. But I, I don't feel like Kit can get out of that feedback loop. Yeah, that I he think keeps he, going back to. I think Tig from the very beginning, when he sits and talks with his mom, he has accepted what is going to happen. He knows what's going to happen. He lies to his father and says that it's not going to happen. Um, and it, it didn't occur to me, I don't know why, but until I rewatched it, when they're having that argument and then he gives him the lie and Letty says something and he kind of looks at her and they have that moment where they pause and then he continues. So it's like they both acknowledge, because Letty knows too that he, Dick is gonna die, but they they acknowledge it, but they know they can't tell Montrose that because he won't be able to accept it. Kind of like they were learning how to co-parent. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> and I will say this show works best, in my opinion, as most sci-fi shows do, when we are doing something else. So like on one hand, Tick is a hotep and he should have just apologized to that girl. But also I think like Star Wars narratives, it's better if we're doing a thing. We're all going to rescue someone. We're all going to escape. It doesn't work as well when we're just like sitting around being sad about things. And yeah. so I think part of why Tick is just a better character when he's doing stuff is because he's a sci-fi protagonist. So like, he just needs, he, it's like he's in crisis brain all the time. And if there is no crisis, he just creates one. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why when it's like, okay, I'm probably gonna die soon. I need to talk to all these hosts because he knows if he doesn't do that, he's just gonna die. And these hosts are not gonna even know. Like the last thing I said to you was some bullshit. Right. So, I do because I do think this is really well done in this in this episode. Was I don't want to give away too much from the later moments in the show, but that scene with Letty and Ruby, you leave with the hope that they come together. You leave with that because they they um, it ends with Ruby being like, "No, you only want to want to be my sister when um, you need something." Mm -hmm. um, but then Letty says, "You don't. There's more you don't know." And that's and then it cuts. So we don't know what else she tells her. Um, and then it goes to Ruby and uh, Christina. And Christina's giving her more information about this spell that she does to turn into William. She specifically says, I have to keep him in coma and in, in a coma so that I can continue to do the spell. Foreshadowing for the in my my idea for the end of this show. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and so you, and then you see Ruby look at the vial that has Christina's blood in it because she has to mix her blood with his blood and toenails and I don't even know what else, but like a whole bunch of stuff. So you hope that whatever Letty has told her is now, is started to mend fences or something to build this relationship. Um, I am glad they brought Gia back. One of my favorite. I have two favorite moments in the show, the joyous moments. Um, one is when when Tick is, you see him through the window and then he it pans through the inside of the shop and it's his both biological and chosen family all working together, planning this. It was just a moment of like, I love this. <laughs> And it, those of you who know me know that I am the biggest fucking cheese ball in the world. Like I love 
family dramas and family things that make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So this was a moment that I was like, oh, I want more of this, but I know it's a horror movie, so we can't do that. <laughs> but I think a good horror movie gives you enough of that, that you care if people are going to die or not. Right. It wasn't death for death's sake. It wasn't just a whole bunch of death scenes. Um, right. But it, they did set up our two hopes for next season. So you had Letty and Gia on one table talking about something. Then you had Ruby, not Ruby, uh, uh, Hippolyta and Dee on one table talking about stuff. And Montrose was doing whatever. Doing nothing. Drinking. Drinking. I, I would accept any of those spinoffs. Either of those spinoffs. Yes. I would do a nice holiday, holidays with the ladies of Lovecraft Country. <laughs> right. Musical movie. I would watch that. Like, I don't yeah. even really care what genre it is. I just so, want to watch these right. ladies have a good time. And one, one section that I think we need to talk about before we get to when they get to Artem, um, because it is very plot heavy and it had a lot of um, feelings <laughs> when Tick and Letty have to summon Titus to get a piece of his flesh. I forgot that. So much shit happened. While we're going back up to that, though, because, like, I, I have notes in front of me. While we're going back up to that, I appreciate it that, in truth, Tick form, Tick and Letty summoning this old racist white man slave owner ruined Ruby and Christina's date because they can't just keep their shit contained. They have to spill out and ruin everybody else's night, too. Y'all, can we talk about that moment? So he, like, gets free at the circle and goes up to the real world and, like, almost like makes Christine almost have a wreck and she flies through that bitch. <laughs> she gets ejected like 20 feet I feel like <laughs> I was like what the fuck like I mean you know you know he's gonna mess up a gay trifling interracial relationship like he's like bitch no y'all ain't got no men in here and one of these hoes is black fuck y'all <laughs> they be calling people bed wenches or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Well, there, there was that weird moment of like, uh, in that when they're in, when they're on, uh, when they're on the date or whatever, and Christina's like, "Have you ever?" And Ruby's like, "No, I've not ever done anything." Like, essentially, have you ever been with a girl? And Ruby's like, "I've never been with a girl." And uh, it was just weird. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I guess it is just like what everyone has that first time that you. I mean, for most of us, it happened when we were like what eighteen, sixteen. <laughs> to sneak in these regular human scenes and then you remember wait these two people already had sex inside the corpses of other people but we do get the same sex kiss between ruby and christina we do and i'm just like maybe these hoes was just gay maybe if we had just been maybe if these hoes could have just been gay from jump we wouldn't have these problems okay right and i got another like 1950s question how is Hippolyta walking around the world with her bright ass blue hair and nobody ain't said nothing? Cause like, it, it, it's hard to do that in 2020. <laughs> I feel like when she floated back down to earth, she was like, nobody best fuck with me. And that's just the energy she put out and nobody did. Just, Aside from her daughter, her daughter called her out. Her daughter was like, you left me. Let's talk with about these that. assholes who get to hear themselves. And now I only got one arm. Also, though, in this town, like, didn't Dee, like, beat up the police? 
<laughs> I feel like the white people are like, oh, shit. Like, even the black people who look regular, they're like, we're not fucking with us. We can't kill them. We shot up their whole house. That child beat our asses. <laughs> Plus, it, so it was a really interesting moment, too, when they're all coming back to the house. And, like, you see, they specifically put shots of other black families moving into this neighborhood. Um, so you see the progress being made there. Um, I, I, that was you, really you kill a few hundred cops and it comes safer all of a sudden. Like, here's the tea. This is the revolutionary um, breed of Lovecraft country. <laughs> it's like, maybe these white people would just leave us alone. We could do what the fuck we need to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just feel like that was very pointed. Of like, maybe y'all should just leave us. We're minding our own business. Yes. <laughs> And so um, I feel like some of it is that they saw her with blue hair. I'm like, oh, she must be with those black people. I don't <laughs> want to fuck with her. Like, I, mean, I, I, I kind of wanted one moment of some white person being like, what? What and is that? And then her making them like first in a plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then her showing them her like blue cybonic offer on her wrist. I'm a space alien, sort of. <laughs> right? You. Right? She got upgraded. <laughs> I feel like I did like the D was like you left me with these hoes being like this is you thought my trolls Letty <laughs> who we love but only recently got her shit together you thought those people were gonna keep me safe from monsters they couldn't keep your grown ass safe from monsters <laughs> so that was me I mean she's still black so she didn't cuss her out for real for real but nah. she wanted to though. You could see it. Huh? She, she got to learn. She was like, I beat the shit out her, of these cops, but I'm not gonna cuss at my mom. <laughs> right? her, her mom, her mom made her favorite food, and she said, like, I ain't gonna eat it. I'm so mad I ain't Mom, do you know food. what I've been through? <laughs> Demons stalked me. Cops <laughs> spitting on me was not the worst thing that happened to me this week. <laughs> <laughs> no. I um, threatened those cops because I was like, it's fine. I have demons stalking me. What the fuck are you gonna do? <laughs> a shout out moment that I want to mention for the listeners, and I found I found this out by listening to the official podcast when she brings her like the updated uh, comic book of D's. When she says, "Who drew?" or D asks, "Who made these? Who did this?" The per- I can't think of the name right now, of course. Afua. Yes, that is the actual woman. I think it's, I think they're a woman. Yeah, that's my note. Yeah, because when she comes out, she's like, who showed you that? She's like, Afua, who tweeted about it earlier today and I happened to follow her because sometimes I just want to see black people who are nerds and succeeding. And so I've been following her forever and I never put two and two together that, hey, I want you to draw us from Lovecraft Country. <laughs> so today when she was like, they said my name. <laughs> Yeah, she was the one that drew all of Dee's comments. So every time you saw a Dee comment, that was her drawings, which was I pretty think cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think they actually shouted her out. So I think we've covered most everything before we get to Artem. So there's the trip going to Artem, too. This car ride, this car ride, this car ride, this car this ride. My, this is my other favorite part. Yes, like I know we all have thoughts on thoughts on thoughts about this whole season. However, this car with seven people of color in it has more people of color than most network <laughs> channels in their entire season. And there's joy. We sang songs. Right, right. Even Montrose was happy. 
Even Montrose sang a song. And he better have you. <laughs> I get it, Montrose. I get it. I'm less mad at you than Tate for some reason. Maybe because you're not straight. But <laughs> you know, only slightly. Um, but yeah, like even he was happy and not ruining things. And like we were bibbing and bopping along. And I was like, I needed that. I needed a little break. Journey's Twitter was adorable because like she had her cell phone and she had them like practicing the song in the car and the actor who plays Montrose don't know the words and she was like it's okay you don't know them and so he just started humming while they did whatever <laughs> song it was. Yeah he's, he's, the only thing he really says is he goes shaboop. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen and black people be doing that like black people are always singing songs like that like right harmonize like me and my friends do that i also thought it was fun it reminded me of i just enjoy it when you get a little moment to watch everybody just be and be in one another's presence um especially since what was about to happen like i needed that moment before we got to artem and oh. just all hell fucking broke loose like i like that we have a little minute and jam and not be upset. Right. Very season, I mean, not season, it's very sensate. Yes. Um, what I will say about this car ride is I was like, Ruby's a professional singer. Why is she like meeting them instead of like going for her runs and doing her notes? Which I didn't know might be an intentional choice. And now I do after finishing the episode. Cause I thought it was just me being salty and being like, what is this? When I went back and watched it the second time, I picked, so I can't think of her, her the actress's name. Anjanae Ellis is her name. Anjanae. I only really know it because she was in that, the Clark sisters biopic on Lifetime, mm-hmm. which was so good. And I remember her singing voice from that. Yeah, Anjanae, the, the just very specific choices that she made as an actress, knowing that she was Christina, were superb. And so, yeah, when I went back and watched it the second time, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> That's always my favorite thing, my favorite acting moment in any genre. The thing is, I knew Misha had some shit in store for me. I was not expecting that. But I like shows that make me want to immediately watch the episode again right. and be like, oh shit, how did I miss that? Like I love right. it. Yeah. And we and we had that moment right before they started the trip where Ruby like shows up and they had that really pretty beautiful moment where Letty runs and hugs her and she gives her the vial of blood. Um, but anyways, so and I'm just like, I'm concerned. Y'all are too happy. I remember at the end of that car ride, I was like, when are the racists coming? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Is the clan coming? Like, what's going on? Right. right. So then we get to Artem and they're all preparing for Unfortunately, we were going to the clan. <laughs> right. We delivered ourselves. They were so going to travel. Us. We were going to visit the clan. I almost the second time I watched it, because I knew it was coming, I almost fast-forwarded the moment where Tick has to eat the flesh. Yeah, so gross. I can't. I mean, I guess thanks, though, because he's the worst. <laughs> yes. Literally. <laughs> literally the worst. My, fa- my other favorite is Tick looks at Montrose and Montrose like, I don't know. Uh, pinch your nose and go. <laughs> like, that's what I do with alcohol, I guess. Like... <laughs> It's just like, ew, like y'all couldn't cook it. A little bit, just a little y'all bit. Y'all just, you gotta eat it raw. Like you, you weren't even making me the steak raw. <laughs> right. I'm just, just mad. I mean, I guess the point was that it was gross, but it reminded me of when poor Amelia Clark had to eat that like 
horse heart thing. And it was like all gelatinous. And I was like, oh God, she's gonna throw up. <laughs> I as an actor was like, whatever the fuck that was they gave him that wasn't someone's flesh, that does not look appetizing either. So no. either you're a great actor or they did you dirty. And either way, I salute you, sir. I, I think it was leftover parts of Fitz from the second episode. <laughs> like we've got fits left it's your anniversary it's your clan anniversary <laughs> so and then we see letty and ruby up, up in the tower putting like symbols on the wall protection spells i think um and we find out so when ruby made that shift of i'm putting ruby in quotation marks but um yeah when she made oh, that shift imposter. When she made that shift of um, the car ride was such a great, remember, uh, made me feel like a family and I never felt like a fan. That's not something that Ruby would have ever said. And when I said that look go over Letty's face, yeah. I was terrified. I loved that moment because one, it reminded me of when Christina was playing with those kids way back in episode three, maybe. And she said something, I was like, does she not have a childhood? Does she not, was she never a person or she just appear? And two, it clued everybody in that this bitch was not Ruby. And then I was like, she wasn't Ruby the whole time. And then I was mad at myself because we know we have this shape-shifting white witch out here with a bad wig and we just assumed we were all who we said we was and got into a car together. Oh, like, but that moment, like that. that moment when um, Ruby or Christina now, makes it clear that she's Christina and Letty punches her. I was like, yes! The artist formerly known as Ruby. Right, I, I was conflicted this whole fight because first off, I'm rooting for Christina because she wants to kill Tick, but also I'm weird about her wearing Ruby's body, which also checked me because I wasn't concerned about Ruby wearing a white woman's body. So I was like, oh, confusion there. <laughs> and then well, second- Well, maybe because black women don't cosplay as white women for ass pats. And right. same. So maybe, Sheree, you don't have to check yourself. Becky's need to check themselves, Sheree. Damn them, Becky's. You feel your feelings. <laughs> there ain't no black women out here being like, hello, my name is Jam, and I'm here to give a lecture on Midwestern white women and casseroles. No one is getting paid to do that, Sheree. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Sorry. Like the seventh fucking professor has just been outed as a fake black person. So I'm like, no, Sheree, you feel your fucking feelings. It's every week. Body the hell alone. It's every week now. Um, I support you, but not your methods. Right? Right? All she wanted to do was give you a nice orgasm and mind her own business. Right? That could have been the best situation because I, I don't know how many numbers are involved anymore because I haven't seen William in a couple episodes. So maybe it's just, I don't know. But anyway, I also <laughs> I also appreciated that it was just like so fucking Letty to throw hands on an invincible bitch just because she's in the moment and like, what's we gonna do? She'll kill me anyways. I'm gonna hit her in the face a couple times. <laughs> and so she like throws Thanks. hands. I also like that they're, I like that these hoes are just like, no, you have made it clear that you intend to fucking murder my ass. I'm gonna fuck you the fuck up, right? Uh you might have killed my sister. We're going to fight. You're wearing her at least. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. You're right. wearing my sister's body. Square <laughs> up. I know how she fights. Right? <laughs> um, and so that fight ends with Ruby or Christina. Ruby Christina. Uh, <laughs> Christina Ruby. <laughs> Christina Ruby. 
<laughs> pushing uh, Christina Letty, and friends. <laughs> putting pushing Letty out the window, and Letty falls and presumably dies. We'll get to that in a minute because I'm confused. I didn't buy it because first off, this is Letty's show. However, yeah. I was concerned because she no longer. We didn't talk about that, but <laughs> Christina took away the mark that made her invincible when Wait, they refused Eddie, to give her the book. What Karen asked thing to do, right? Right? Yeah, I was concerned, but I, I figured they were going to kill Tick, and I knew they weren't going to kill both of them in the same episode. And Misha Green rules. If I don't see a bitch die in front of me, and, I don't trust And there was no blood. If you look, because usually when they show someone fall, like die from a fall, there's blood that like starts bubbling out, but there was none. Well, I think I knew my good sis was probably going to be eyeing it. I think the magic baby is finally holding up the end of the bargain. Baby living here rent free, taking them all the space, right? Knowing the daddy trash, so you got to make up for all the daddy's put her through. You better have something of value to contribute. Thank you, right. magic baby, right? for showing up to this party. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> so this whole scene though is like cut in with the fight with uh, Hippolyta, Montrose, and Gia on the on the on the bridge. And they are getting like mobbed from this all these white people with pitchforks. And I was like, I am not okay with this imagery. Right. Like it was like it was like a Black Friday sale at Hobby Lobby and they wandered in on accident. <laughs> there was some recap I was reading where somebody said it looked like the whole cast of newsies. <laughs> 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 Fell out. Every time they want old timey white people, they always be looking like newsies. But I was like, but white people get out pitchforks and they ain't on a farm. That's never good. Never. Never. Do racist white people know that they're cliche? Like, do people ever go home and pick up their pitchfork and be like, this is stupid? (laughs) What am I going to do with this? It was nuts. And I thought so. So, but I will say our girl Hippolyta was holding her own for the most part. Poor Gia was getting her ass beat. And Montrose was too drunk to know what was going on, probably. Gia didn't <laughs> remember who the fuck she was. I know Harry Potter is canceled, but it reminded me of in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire when he was trying to fight that fucking dragon with his hands. And Hermione's like, use your wand, Harry! <laughs> use your fucking wand! <laughs> I was like, Gia! Use your de- demon tentacles, girl. Right. You're right. taking this white person ass whooping. <laughs> oh, I do. Okay, I want to go back just for one moment, just a little, because I want to say this line because I, I gave her a standing ovation. And when we first see Gia in this episode, she's being hit on by that creepy old white dude, and he's like, "Are you from Japan?" And she's she says something in Korean, and then. He's like, oh, do you not speak English? And she was like, I asked if you would die to fuck me. <laughs> and he was like, okay, bye. <laughs> Be gone, sir. Chad. Learn other languages. I <laughs> loved that moment. I love it. Okay. I want her to eat faces. I want a whole show of just her eating faces. And her like, costume was gorgeous. It was all, yes. She's always dressed perfectly. Like, I don't know who's having the most fun with her wardrobe, but yeah. But it's just crazy. That's where the white people's wig money went into Gia's outfits. <laughs> and that well spent, well allocated funds, Misha, yeah. has got yeah. us down. It's like, why do we need to give these racist ass white people nice wigs? We don't. Reparations. 
<laughs> right? Right? They had their time with the good wigs. <laughs> minute, I was literally yelling at the TV because I was like, Gia, like you, I see, are a demon, right? You can put these guys up. What are you doing? Right. Part of me wonders, and I, 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 I don't know if I mean watch it to try and clock it, but part of me wonders if Gia knew her role because she saw Tick's future when they was fucking and her tentacles came for him. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good so point. I, I didn't think I wonder if she, she was only, like, I have a role. And she only has so many tentacle times, right? Like, yeah. And so like, if it's like, I'm at like 98 and I only get a hundred. So <laughs> I can't fuck these white people up because what if I get there and I can't do the thing? Mm -hmm. I don't want to have ED with my tentacles. <laughs> so I need to reserve the tentacles. Right? So I was like, you yeah. white people have better be glad that she didn't just go full ass octopus succubus on y'all. Right. Yeah, tentacle for all of them. They so, lucky. Let's check in with D though, because yeah. I was pissed D was in the car by herself. And I'm like, why do we keep leaving her to fend for herself in this world of shit? Tickets brought them. And she's sitting there reading the damn book about what's going on with a damn flashlight in the middle of the woods with the monsters that we know like. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's because they were like, she's literally got the book. She knows it's going to happen. So she's going to be the most prepared. But it's like, she's also 10. Right? Ten with one arm. Think we think she only got one arm right now because we ain't <laughs> talked about what had happened yet. So she's sitting there with one arm covered and we think it's the one that they scratched up because Montrose stopped her from fighting for her life. <laughs> and she's reading this book. Montrose right? always picks the worst times to be helpful. It's like you abandon and beat the shit out of your child, and now all of a sudden, when he wants to die to save the fucking world, now all of a sudden you're like, "No, I can't help you. Sacrifice yourself." It's like mm. <laughs> he reminds he reminds me of a toddler who wants to be helpful, but they fuck up everything. They're like, "I'll help you clean by putting mud everywhere," and it's like, you know what? You're adopted. Oh, you can Go help home. me, Montrose. Go yeah. home. Go so, but yeah, and so Dee's in his car reading the thing with the flashlight, and just to make things truly full circle, we go, we start seeing the little monster come back that we saw in the first episode. Um, but it tries to attack her, and Dee now has Tick's little pet is now her little pet. Apparently, Darth Scooby. This is what I have. <laughs> Our family Great Dane, who is also a demon, right? And was happy to kill the other demon. It was like, don't fuck with the girl. And I, I do see a full show of just D with her demon dog on a leash. And, and her bionic arm. And these people being like, we leave them the fuck alone. I don't know what kind of dog that is. Because you know black people don't be liking dogs anyway. You got a big <laughs> dog and they're like, what the fuck? And so they're like, oh, they got some big dog. <laughs> what kind of dog that is, but it leaves me alone. <laughs> I don't know. I, it might have been an episode you were on, Crystal, and it might have been you that said it, but like when we were talking about what is this monster, and we were like, well, maybe it's different when Tick summons it than when the white people summon it. And it was bigger than that monster, and it was different than that monster. And not afraid of light. So I'm going to talk about this some more when we get there, people in magic. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is not me talking about white people in general. White people in this story, <laughs> white witches on Reddit, I don't want to argue with you. I'll argue with you about other things, not about Lovecraft Country, which is a fake show. 
but like this is in this world like colonizing people's magic means that one it doesn't work the way you think it's going to because it wasn't for you in the fucking first place and two it has deficiencies which come from the fact that you and that is sort of true in magic in that there's a whole thing where a lot of black magic and i don't mean black i mean like magic by black people whether african or from the diaspora is very ancestral in its nature it's very very much about like where you came from and that can be both birth and also like the land like it's a very earthy and grounded and like root work is literally some of what they call it and so if you try to do ancestral magic when you are not one of the people whose ancestors are doing the thing it can fuck you up <laughs> because the ancestors like who is this like who is this in my house calling me up in the middle of the night trying to get me to beat the shit out of my own kids fuck you right. and so i think that's a really pointed thing that they have to say about black magic and black stories and how like if you try to steal it you don't do it better than us right well and, and i i think there's points in the story that really um highlight that now that I, now that you're bringing it up and i'm thinking back on it like for example titus break right break whatever i'm drunk um when they go to that museum and it's the, his exhibit or whatever they talk about how he's an explorer and these people gave him these gifts I mean, did they know? Did they? I like that shows like this are starting to acknowledge that. The show in and of itself is kind of, the book and then the show are kind of their own way of doing that, right? Because like a lot of genre fiction writers of old hold on a lot of really racist fucked up tropes in order to make a lot of this stuff. And so black people using these genres to reclaim that legacy is like its own form of like, really awesome reparations mm -hmm. but also going back to you were talking about how uh, black magic not again you know we've already discussed it, but um magic from uh, the black um diaspora yeah culture <laughs> anyway uh, but they you they literally use their ancestors in this episode so like and, and titus never did that and his ass got burnt up uh christina's daddy got turned to dust <laughs> and we see we're about to see what's gonna happen to Christina. Like y'all. Leave us alone. You already enslaved our fucking bodies. Can we sleep? Or if you want to learn it, learn it. Don't like That's steal so it. Like, yeah, like, like teach me. But like, no, they don't do that. They just fucking steal it. You anyway. gonna murder my ass? <laughs> you. White people can't. That's what makes me tired. Here's the thing with my girl Christina. And the thing that annoys me about Christina in true Darth Becky fashion is that there would have been so many ways that we could have kept our good gay weird sis in our weird polyamorous matrilineal family like you're like fuck misogynists you were like fuck the most clanny of these racists <laughs> we, we have a lot in common girl but you can't wear black women like clothes miley cyrus you can't do this <laughs> just ask us just say hey i'd like to learn to twerk and so that's how i felt about christina i just wanted her i feel like that's why misha had her wear booty because i feel like she was too ambiguous of a figure up until that point because she mm -hmm. would do fucked up stuff but for the most part i'd be like i get it mm -hmm. right well she had 
scene earlier in this episode where she was like, this isn't personal. Like, this isn't a family war. I'm not like going after you because you're you. You're just a means to an end, which Montrose kind of makes a point of being like, yeah, that's the fucked up part. <laughs> it's like, why do you I? don't see me as a person. Right. <laughs> Even though we're basically in the same family. <laughs> which I think, I think Christina um, doesn't see anyone as a person, yeah. but... It, I think it is making a statement about how our society sees people of color, specifically how, black people, but others as well. And how saying you don't see color doesn't make you not racist. In fact, it often makes you even more violently racist while trying to ask people to thank you afterwards. Yes. Right. Christina. So I feel like Titus was like old school clanny racism. And Christina was like the in the 90s they taught me that I should just treat everyone the same. I watched that Disney I'm, Channel show about South Africa yeah. and they were great. And now I'm going to slit your wrists and ask you to say thanks. It's nothing personal. <laughs> so I feel like Misha needed, I feel like me and Misha had a moment there where I was like, yes girl, I see did you go to grad school, Misha? <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of the slitting, um, Christina was not joking when she said she needed his blood. And oh, she was no. also not going to take her time and drip that blood out like we do in most things. No. She ran at him with a knife and opened up his arms, like full arms, and then danced in the blood in her white she dress. Like she almost won me back over because I hate Tick, but also she just got to wearing Ruby. So I was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> It's I like will say mirroring too, because the last Letty for a long time was always wearing white and getting covered in blood. So it was an interesting symbolism. Mm. You know, be so pale, covered in blood. Mm. Uh, it, it is telling. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is telling that we did skip the part where they got bad or Tig got baptized. Whatever. I don't care about him. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> it don't matter. Get baptized. That was pretty sweet. It was a nice moment and whatever. But let's go to church. Fans. Here. Yeah. Do go to church. Yeah. After they treat you like shit, and then they find the Lord, and that means you're not allowed to tell them about themselves. Sorry. <laughs> Dre and I have a lot of trauma around Hotep. Yes. We are projecting uh, entirely onto Atticus. So it's not all his fault. Uh, not all his fault, but like 99% his fault. Is. <laughs> I've seen how he treats Letty, and I'm like, Letty, you need to let that go. Maybe it's going to do you now, a favor. He let her go. Now so. he's a martyr. Right. It is, it is very, um, it's a choice to, that Christina specifically forces Hippolyta, Montrose, and Gia to watch this. And then while he's being bled to death, Letty comes to from her not dead state uh, and runs and then she has to watch it as well. That is I, a moment. Say, I appreciate that she had to run to save them in the first episode and she had to do it again in the final episode. Full yeah, circle. there were a lot of bookends. I also like, I, there's like a theme, I keep comparing this to Watchmen because I just think of the HBO Black shows now with their own mm -hmm. canon. And I feel like um, this idea of like the people who love you most having to be there with you while you sacrifice yourself for them seems mm -hmm. to be a recurring theme. Mm -hmm. And it was fucked up that Christina made her do it. Like that was kind of sketchy. But I did like that like at least he was with his family when he was dead. The trifling host. She didn't do that for him. Right? No. She didn't do that for weird sociopathic reasons. Right. Right. 
So, I just also really appreciate that he shows up in the first episode and we take him out in the last episode. So he ain't got no full circle. He just gone. And I'm appreciating that shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Letty, so, so once Atticus is dead and they have that weird like blue energy comes out of him and goes into Christina to apparently make her immortal, um, Letty comes up and stabs her um, and starts to say a spell. Uh, I will say Journey Smollett's acting in this moment was, I mean, it's great throughout the entire series, give her all the awards, but this moment specifically, because you could see the change between, ha, I've got you, to shit, she's right. Uh, when Christina says, my blood was not in the vial. But then Gia, my girl Gia. Good sis with the tentacles. <laughs> they say we have to connect their bodies. And so she uses her tentacles. And this montage of shots that we get answer like 30 questions that I have. Number one, Tick signed over his pet monster to, to a D. Um, we saw him getting baptized. We saw, we saw, we saw Ruby are, like did not look dead. He did not look dead. Christina lied to me, which I shouldn't be surprised about. <laughs> um, no, like maybe she was just not on her best game. <laughs> she she keeping all her other people she wears alive though. So like, yeah. well, it it was it was very telling that every single one of Christina's memories, flashbacks, whatever, was about Ruby all of them because i do think that in her fucked up way that she genuinely because oh and when they get in that car accident she immediately is like ruby are you, ruby ruby are you okay and it's like mm -hmm. running to ruby so she just does have some kind of i have dated that person <laughs> where like they they see you as one of their things and mm -hmm. so they care if you're okay and in their own way, they think that means they love you. And that might. It's not enough to build a relationship on. But like they do, like I've been with people who legitimately, I can tell that they'll look me in the face and be like, I love you. And I'm like, I know that's what's fucked up is that you think that and you do all these things. And I feel like with Christina and her trifling ass, Fitzgerald grand ass dad, like and his cult of demon clansmen, like, where was she gonna learn healthy relationships from? There weren't no healthy relationships on TV in the fifties, mm -mm. except the Adams family. Maybe they won't let her watch that. <laughs> they should have. No, she also had that line towards the beginning when her and Ruby were still gonna like do something together about the situation, where she was like, "If this doesn't work, I've killed my whole family for nothing." Mm. And so I feel like. Also, Ruby was being inserted in as family for her because she literally has killed everybody else. <laughs> but yeah. also, you killed all those other hosts because they treated you and everyone else like garbage because they're racist cultists. And Ruby just was, what did Ruby do? Um, but I get it, Christina. You don't understand morality. It's confusing right now. But right? I agree, Trent, that it felt very specific that so many of her own flash, Christina's flashbacks were about. But because she hasn't actually known Ruby that long. Right, because about ticks were were a lot of them were about Letty, of course, but there was other there was some about Gia, there was some about you know, but yeah. So Gia connects their bodies. The spell like, like, works. Like a, an adapter. This <laughs> <laughs> like a dongle. Right. <laughs> the spell works, and um, Christina has been 
castrated. Magically castrated. <laughs> Magically castrated. That is a way to say it. But, <laughs> but I'll let y'all say this because this was a good moment too. Letty comes up to her and she's like, you you stripped me of my power. And Letty says that no, she stripped all white people of magic. All of them. Every single one. And I, I didn't know that I needed that until right? it happened because i just really enjoy that misha green from jump i don't know if it's like this in the book but misha green from jump from episode like two and a half when we started to acknowledge magic was a thing and it wasn't just random demons but like then it's like well white people use magic in this timeline all they do is oppress people and make cults and do fucked up stuff and what are black people doing with their magic healing their family, saving people, sacrificing themselves. And so it just feels as if, it feels like it's like, we tried really hard. And so I feel like it's like, look, like you white people have been that fucking cop and this weird demons. I'm like, y'all can't even do it right. So <laughs> you, you just need to go. Like if you can't coexist and be fucking normal, <laughs> like just be regular racist. You already have all the cards anyway. Just don't also get magic. Right? It's right. the 1950s. You can murder me and not go to jail. You're going to be fine. Right? But after that, Montrose, of course, because he's always drunk and late to the party, runs over to Tick and is like, come on, Tick. Come on, Tick. Like, he didn't just see Tick get, like, sliced in half. She danced okay. with all of his blood. Huh? But what, what I will say in Montrose's defense is he has been told that it won't work. He has not been told that's a lie yet. And I but, get I get that like it's pretty obvious, but also like that's his child. That well, he it, didn't care about that child until two seconds ago though. I, I and he just it. watched his arms get open. His arms were open. They were flapping in the wind. Bad. He's also probably drunk still. I always that credit. Like he's not sober. And also, Montrose didn't really know magic was real until like three days ago when he Shawshank Redemption his way out of jail. <laughs> and his estranged son showed up and was like, hey dad, PS magic's real. <laughs> Our family members <laughs> are being held by racists. And so I feel like to be fair to Montrose, he is always behind because he just doesn't, he's like, what? <laughs> like, what? And so every time people tell him, like, it's gonna be fine. It is. So like in Montrose's world, you could watch Atticus get his decapitated and he would probably be like, it's gonna be fine because the crazy magic people told me I mean, it's gonna be fucking fine. Right, and to be fair, I mean, we watched Letty fall from exactly. like six, seven stories, which to any other person would probably kill them, but something magically happened and she didn't die. So like- She I wasn't guess. a hotel, so she got another chance. <laughs> there i don't know i did feel for montrose in that moment because i under i i felt the need to want to have your child be alive i don't know or your family but i don't know i just i, well, I feel for him because michael is a good actor but yeah. i just fuck him like <laughs> i like oh, the actor true. it doesn't forgive him for everything else he's done but I I'm did. an asshole, so I laughed because I was just like, <laughs> clearly he ain't alive no more. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do with the scene. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, yeah. oh, also to be fair, Montrose watched Letty get shot and die and come back to life. That's true. Like, like Dick has, has not been a permanent state of being until this very right. George. Except for George. Except for George. But he didn't want that happen. So as far as Montrose knows, George yeah. could just show up anytime. 
conversation for 18,000 episodes and now when the man was bled to death before your eyes you suddenly want to be like hey let's talk about all this trauma that we've been right. not talking and now I want to be a father now that it's too late but Atticus yeah. well, I will say fuck Atticus but he did get his little drag in his little post post posthumous his drag letter because if gives Matros the letter that Atticus wrote which is kind of sweet, but it was also like, remember when you were an ancient ass father? Well, I'm having a son, so you get another chance, don't fuck it up. <laughs> I said it much nicer than that. But I just, I was like, fuck you, Atticus, but that was some petty shit. I would say that shit too. I'm like, look, now that I'm dead, you were a shitty dad, do better. Bye. Um, so yeah, and, and that, that letter is being read a voiceover as they're carrying Tick's body out of the the ceremonial site or whatever, I did think it was. I did think it was really interesting. Journey on the podcast. Journey said originally because they were scared that Journey and Gia and Hippolyta, like the women, which is stupid. Now that I think about it, that they couldn't carry Tick's body by themselves, so they put sandbags. But that wasn't working. So Journey was like, "Can we just carry him? Like, can we just do that?" <laughs> and they did, and it. She was like, "It felt." real because apparently on set they'd all become of course like you always like you always hear they had become a family and like that was kind of their saying goodbye to uh the character and the season and all that kind of stuff well yeah he's like when they shoot again he's not going to be in it unless they have him in flashbacks right I know. or do something magic shit to bring it back who knows please don't Bring no. back George. If y'all bring back Atticus and you don't bring back George, I swear to God, Misha, I'm coming to your fucking house. Right? I'm going to tweet her right now. You better not mention right. Tick without George. If I do not see George in the flesh, not flashbacks, not weird alien, I want to see George's whole self. I don't want to hear no mention of Atticus unless you want to tell his son about him, I guess. Even then. Even, even then. then. Can we just show him some pictures? Right. Don't show him no videos. Right. Don't show him his daddy acting up. So, in like it, so the closing as, of this episode. Oh, we, this is the best fucking part. It's the best because as they're carrying him off, we see D and her pet walk up, and of course, Christina's like, D, help me, D, help me get this rock off me, and D is like, you still don't understand, do you? And throws off that sleeve that's been covering her brand new arm her mother made her and jumps this bitch to death as her dog watches. Because I was like, clearly this dog's going to help out. And he's like, no, I got this. I didn't know about the arm. I didn't know about the arm. I didn't either. That dog is already treating D better than most of the human men in this story. Yes. He was like, she's fine. I don't need to chop that bitch up. She's going to squish her like a baby. But did did she? Yeah, did she squish her artery? Is that what happened? She she crushed her neck because like she was choking her, and then like things started turning blue and cracking. But where did the blood come from? I guess that's what happened. I've never seen I've never seen a neck get crushed, so maybe that's what happens. I don't know. I'm assuming at least one of these. So you got the carotid and the jugular and all the Mm -hmm. things that go to your heart are right in here. So once one of them gets chopped, there's gonna be a splatter. It's gonna be a sploosh, but I didn't. I was just like, fuck her up. 
DJ through it. DJ through it. Starting. You did not murder all of those cops. And for that, you deserve at least three more murders. Right? Because right? if I you, I'd be like, I'll be a demon with these demons so I can fuck your asses up. I would have danced right back in that door five minutes later to be like, Ramsey come on. Ramsey Golden style. Like, <laughs> style. I'm coming in. Coming in. It's worth it. Right. Um, so yeah, I was just like, I'll watch this show. Is this the Terminator reboot? I'm dead. Because right. they do end with that. They just like a girl and her dog into the darkness. <laughs> and I was like, dogs yeah. howling at the moon like all dogs do. Um, <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. I would watch it every day. Scooby-Doo reboot. <laughs> and it goes <laughs> except uh, yep because she was yes. shaggy even though she's smarter than shaggy but she's a woman mm-hmm. and then um letty is velma <laughs> gia is fred <laughs> and hippolyta is daphne <laughs> yes all right, so that's the end of season one of Lovecraft Country. Oh, wait. Also, one more note. They did not play Center Man for the credits again because Center Man is dead. Do we want to give some um, quick hot takes. hot takes for the season? Trey, you should start. I can't because okay. I'm. my hot take is I'm happy it's over because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start. Um, one of the really big strengths I think this show had was the depth of diversity in their characters because there was a character I felt like everyone could kind of be into. And I think back to like 10 years ago, maybe less than that, I don't remember, um, when we were talking about, when as a society, we were talking about um, all black shows or all Hispanic shows or all Asian shows. And people, be, people being like, well, how will people relate to them? And I wanted to, and every time I heard that, I was like, but like, you don't understand that BIPOC people and LGBTQ people have been looking at characters that don't literally represent them and finding identity in those characters since like- The dawn of time. The, well, maybe not the dawn of time. Probably happened about the time of colonialism. But- <laughs> plenty of black representation before. So I think it's fine as a white person to acknowledge that like I identified with some of these characters at different points in the show and I think that's important and I think that's one of the strengths of the show is that but that showed that shut the fuck up this can happen and you will be all right. (laughs) Totally and I just really enjoy so the thing that one I really enjoy that the show was confident enough to just be batshit. Like, nobody was like, what if people think it's too weird? They were like, no, like, we're weird and that's our thing, is being fucking weird. <laughs> and I appreciated that because I feel like so much of what frustrates me about shitty television is that you have so many episodes. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. And I feel like cable shows have more freedom because you don't have to like come up with 22 episodes of it and try to get picked back up halfway through the fucking season like it just feels less like a campaign people can just make the shit they want to make and then if you don't like it we won't do it again <laughs> um, <laughs> I just yes. get so annoyed when I'm like this show some shows obviously want to be fucking weird but networks are too afraid to market them appropriately 
And so then nobody, it doesn't get the audience. And I just like the show is just like, we're weird and we are cool and we are confident. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that it wasn't a super linear plot line. I enjoyed that it was messy and hard to get into sometimes. I also just like, I really enjoy the space that black creators are being given to address and work through ancestral I just really, I don't think I've thought about, I thought of how trauma lives in the body. And I've thought about trauma, but I haven't thought about it as a generational ancestral thing. And I feel like in Watchmen, they talked a lot about the generational aspect of it, but this one I think got into the nitty gritty ancestral aspect of it, where like not only is it generational, but it's been going on for so long. Um, and all the sacrifice, it's why I hate, I get with an argument with people all the time on the internet, I hate those we are not our ancestors memes. I hate those we are not our ancestors shirts. Because it's like, the only reason why we are alive today is because of our ancestors and the shit they had to go through. Respect on your ancestors' name. So I also like that the ancestors weren't just spoken about, but they were actively working for our heroes in the present moment. And that we acknowledge the sacrifices they made and in the present in order to make sure that the Black youth could continue to climb. So I think that was my favorite part of this. Maybe if we keep working and being and being selfless, we can make our own families and make it a world for the kids to be in. <laughs> so it was weirdly hopeful in a fucked up Misha Greeny way. Um, I don't ever want to see some of those things again. Like, this is a show like Watchmen, where there's just going to be whole sections where I'm just going to skip. Like, when I rewatch this show, I'm never going to watch uh, that that mer that gay guy get fucked up ever again. I'm never going to watch um, the Emmett Till stuff again. I'm never, there, there's just certain things that I know are going to be too hard for me to rewatch. But the cinematography of it and the storytelling of it is just so gorgeous that, like, I will rewatch it <laughs> in, like, a few months. Yeah, after a break. I need a break. But that Himalaya episode, I can watch that shit yes. right now. Yeah. Which leads into my hot take. My hot take is I don't want a season two. I want the spinoffs that we deserve. I want the spinoffs that we've identified with these characters who are more complex and more humane and human than Tick was. Um, and a lot of them happen to be Black fans. So sorry about it, HBO. Look, you've got a Black fan lineup coming. Well, and Black <laughs> fans get left out of storytelling so often, even when Black men are writing it. Like, I think Jordan Peele is one of the few Black male creators I can think of. I guess Donald Glover. There are real female characters mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like, like it was making me think of August Wilson and like except for Rose and Francis, like very often the female characters are sidelined or plot devices or are seen as in relation to the protagonist. So like as a black woman, it can be hard to find myself in things. And so yeah, I am always down for like more black femme led things because I love that we spent so much time with those characters. And the, the good thing for you, Sheree, that you might hold some hope for is if they do get a season two, unless they pull some crazy ass magical shit, the only characters they got to do anything with are the four characters that we love. And then Montrose. Yep. The weird I thing. hate Montrose. We can kill him too. He can um, babysit. I, Montrose my, is there to babysit so Lenny can go on adventures with Gia and fuck up 
racist white dudes. <laughs> I, I, I think that my my other hesitation to second season is that this show is very it's very traumatic, and I feel like part of that was because it was anchored by a man who was damaged goods, um, and so I felt like getting out of this specific part of this world and into other worlds where they can be some more joy and where we can be less tick about shit. Um, would help me come back because I don't know if I'll come back for season two if it gets great. I, I mean, happy for him, but mm. it reminds me of when I was ready for Star Wars to be done with the keeping up with the Skywalker's portion of events. Like, there's hella space. We don't have to only see these guys, right? And mm-hmm. so I feel like, like, okay, there's like a Birds of Prey style, Letty and Gia, detectives, magical powers, fucking hose up. I would watch the shit out of that. I would also watch D. Hippolyta and George frolicking in space, solving space mysteries. I would also watch the shit out of that. I would watch. Um, oh, don't forget these dogs. Don't forget. Did. Don't forget these dog in space. Oh, these dog in space! I can't wait to see that little dog slide down <laughs> through the constellations. Like, just, please, let's all hang out, and then maybe I'm sure Ruby's coming back. I do not. I firmly believe my good sis Anjanae Ellis and her envy because she deserves one. All right. So this is our last Lovecraft Country miniseries episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Crystal, for being our third host for like half Lovecraft Country home. <laughs> Thank you to all of our other Every time I come on here, I talk for 45 minutes. <laughs> Thank you to all of our other guests that we've had on this season of Lovecraft that um, we've enjoyed talking to everyone, getting everyone's perspectives on this show. There's just so, we keep talking about how our Lovecraft episodes end up being the same length as our like main episodes, but it's because the show gives you so much that you've got to like unpack and and figure out and dissect. Yeah, because it just goes everywhere, talks about everything. History, future, present, past, all that. And um, yeah, Sheree, uh, Sheree, do you have anything to add to the end here? Um, yes. So while this has come to a close, we do have a special episode for next Wednesday already. Um, our episode, What the Fuck? It's Callie Ott, an interview with Callie Ott, who was in WTF will be dropping next Wednesday because that's the Halloween Wednesday. So you should have more bonus content. You're going to have so much content next week. Just get ready. <laughs> um, we're very excited. And uh, make sure that you're following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got a really exciting Halloween weekend planned um, that more information will be coming out about, uh, Fear Street Halloween. So make sure that you're following us on all those things. Email us. Let us know um, thoughts, questions, ideas. And you can email us at a nightmare on fear street at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. I don't know if you've noticed this or seen this, but we now have two top fans on Facebook. Ooh, is one of them Crystal? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I'd be staying ready with the gifts. but yeah so make sure that you um come and spend some time with us on on facebook and then also twitter because we've got some really really fun things happening on twitter and then instagram because everyone loves a good picture (laughs) um yeah but i think that's everything so 
Thank you all for listening to these mini series episodes. We hope you enjoyed them. Um, we may look at doing more next season. We'll see if the what the world gives us. So yeah, stay fierce out there. Bye.